The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Thank you so much for joining us for Community Church of Edwardsburg, live online streaming Sunday morning, March 22nd at 1045. Uh, we are so glad that you joined us, wherever you're joining us from. We're really glad you're here. And uh, something we say every week when we are gathered here together, we're going to say it a lot today, is that we hope as a result of the time we spend together that you would connect a little bit more uh, with God, with each other, and with your purpose. And as a church, we're committed to helping you do that kind of through this unprecedented social distancing time. And so I want to take a few minutes. Uh, my name is James and I welcome you to this live stream, but also uh, just let you know some resources we're going to be providing in the next few weeks to help you do that. Connect a little bit more with God, with each other, with your purpose. And uh, so it starts with our church website. There's a bunch of things on there, edwardsburg.church, uh, updates almost every day, but definitely every week of how you can be connected. Also on our church Facebook page, Community Church Edwardsburg. Uh, in addition to this live stream that we're having every Sunday morning, there'll be multiple uh, shorter live videos uh, from the pastors going live on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays. Tons of great resources on our church Facebook page. Also on our church website, if you're not connected to our weekly email, if you're not subscribed to that, uh, you can do that as well. And one thing that's not on the screen, uh, but we have a podcast, audio version of our, our Sunday morning message that goes live every Sunday or Monday. But Chris Graham, one of our elders, and he's uh, in the radio business. You've heard him as the voice of the Eddie's uh, high school sports games. Uh, but he's uh, begun recording a lot of really great interviews, and those are going to go live on the podcast here in the next few weeks. Actually, just yesterday, uh, he spent about an hour interviewing our missionaries in Spain, Carrie and Sharon Owen, and just a fascinating conversation with them about how they're impacted by the coronavirus in Spain, how they're ministering. And so if you want to hear interviews with some of our missionaries, with some of our elders, you want to tune into that podcast, make sure you subscribe to that. And like I said, just a lot of resources to help you stay connected kind of during this unprecedented time um, that we're living through as well. And also, uh, Right Now Media is an amazing, amazing resource. So if you already have that, uh, you want to check that out. We love using this as a family. There's kids stuff. There's stuff for teenagers, for adults, for men, for women. Every topic you can think of, there's some top-of-the-line top quality resources videos for you there. So make sure you're using that. If you're not, if you don't have a subscription to that, the church pays for a subscription and you just have to send an email to info at Edwardsburg Church. We'll send you a link and you can get on that for free. It's a great, great resource. A couple other things I'll mention. Uh, Marissa has put together some great resources for our kids. You can follow them on Facebook, edwardsburg.church. Uh, a lot of great videos since the kids aren't meeting in kids class each week and in their small groups. Tons of videos, resources. If you want to keep your kids connected to God, during this time, uh, check out the kids' information. And then our students, uh, middle school and high school, uh, Josh Galvin tonight at 6 o'clock. Actually, him and I, we're going to go live on Facebook and on Instagram uh, for our middle school and high school students. We're going to do giveaways, have a lot of fun, and just ways you can stay connected as an adult, um, as kids, and as students. There's a lot of different ways. The last thing I'll mention, uh, we just appreciate so much your support during this time, your prayer. Those of you who are already giving online, those of you who kind of just jumped into the online giving thing in the last few weeks, as we continue to um, adapt and adjust, we spent a lot of time, a little bit of money, just kind of getting this whole thing up and going. And so we, we really, really appreciate your support. And we recognize that it's uncertain financial times for yourself, maybe for your business. 
But anything you can do to support the church, and as we really work on getting this message of Jesus out digitally, we really, really appreciate your support. Edwardsburg.church on the Easy Tie That, because as we say every week, and we want to say it again, our hope and prayer for everything we do, whether it's in person, individually, homes, communities, neighborhoods, jobs, is we want you to connect a little bit more with God, with each other, and with your purpose. And that's our goal for today. So we're glad you've joined us wherever you are. And I'm going to turn things over to Pastor Dan. All righty. Hey, um, probably shouldn't start off bragging, but I cannot help myself because I don't know if you all realize this, but we actually, between last Sunday and this Sunday, we have more than doubled our church attendance here. In fact, we have more than tripled it. Last week, it was just me and Daniel Brown back there pressing a button. This week, we've got three or four guys back there working. Pastor James, his daughter are, are here. My wife decided to come with me. If we continue to grow at this rate, folks, the, it's just the endless possibilities we're looking at. But today, we are going to look at Acts chapter 5. Uh, last November, I was sitting in a conference listening to Kyle Eidelman preach and he was talking about the fact that his church had a, a program or you know they were working through a series called Be the Branch and I've never met an idea that I that I wouldn't steal and I thought that was that's pretty good we ought to go with that so on in January around here we focus on that idea of connecting to Jesus Christ be the branch and in February we focused on the idea of connecting to each other be the body and then I said, for the rest of the year, we can really get into this idea of be the church because I was excited about getting into a series on Acts. And uh, as, as we've moved into this season of our life that we're in right now, I've, I've just been thrilled because I believe that this series is just perfect for what is happening right now. See, one of the great things about the Word of God is this. You really don't have to manipulate it or work it into your life. It is alive, it is powerful, and it just moves into our life and wraps around our lives. And I think we'll see that today, even as we continue the narrative in Acts chapter 5. So, I'm going to read the first six verses right now. We're going to uh, fit it back into the story that we've been looking at through the book of Acts, and then we'll, uh, we'll read on in the chapter. But uh, beginning, first of all, in uh, verse number 1 of chapter 5, the Scripture says, But a man named Ananias, with his lovely wife Sophia, I kind of threw in the lovely there, sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? And while it remained unsold, did it not uh, belong to you? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Now, if you read the next few verses, you'll see a repeat. The same thing happens. Sapphira comes home a few hours later from Pilates or wherever she was. Peter has a pretty much the same conversation with her. Why did you lie about this? And she also dies. So let's, let's take this story. Let's take this narrative and, and kind of fit it into the big picture. We have been looking at Acts chapter 2. God does a great miracle. Peter stands up and preaches. He preaches boldly. He says, hey, we are responsible for the death of Jesus, for he died for our sin, and you need to repent and believe. And some did. Some rebelled. Some, some were offended by that. But 3,000 men plus women and children repented and believed in Jesus Christ. 
And then we moved on to chapters 3 and 4, and once again, God does the miracles. Peter stands up and preaches. Same message. The reaction is growing a little bit here because those that are getting mad are getting madder. But those who are receiving, the number's growing. This time we have 5,000 plus uh, that, that are believing. And the church is thriving. The church is giving themselves to prayer and to the apostles' teaching. And, and then we saw last week how the church was marked by being folks who were sharing their story, sharing their testimony of how the resurrected Christ was making a difference in their lives. And then we also saw this church was marked by incredible generosity. And then at the end of chapter 4, we, one particular fellow is mentioned, a guy by the name of Barnabas. And it says that this guy was known as the son of consolation because he had taken his uh, property that he had. He said, hey, I don't really need this. Other people can use it. I'm going to sell it. And all the money he took and he laid at the apostles' feet and they distributed it. So here in chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira are catching on to this. And, uh, and they say, hey, we can do that too. We're going to get down on this action. We're going to sell our land, and we're going to give the money. But with one notable difference, they said they gave all the money, but instead they had only given part of it. So they lied about it. If we examine what is taking place here, I think this is the first time that something nasty is really sneaking into the church. But this nastiness continues to sneak into the churches today and does also sneak into our own lives. And that nastiness is simply hypocrisy. <laughs> they decided to make themselves look better than what they actually were. They said, we gave it all. They had only given part. They were putting on a show. They had learned the actions of the church, and they followed the actions of the people in the church, but were missing the heart of the matter. So I think it will do us good to take a little look at ourselves today. Um, I don't know if you remember the first time you heard your voice on a recording but if you're like me you heard it and first of all you didn't recognize it because it sounds different and secondly you may have hated hearing your voice on recording every once in a while pastor james will be listening to our podcast as he's walking around the church here and uh, he is has either been out during the message and didn't hear it or he's playing video games in his office or something i don't know what he's doing but he didn't hear the message uh, so he's listening to it getting ready for small group and uh, he'll walk down the hall, and he's playing on his phone, and I'll hear this voice, and I'll think, who is that? And then I think, hey, wait a minute, I said that. And then I realize finally that it's me, and, I, and then I get up and shut my door. Uh, I really have never enjoyed listening to myself. However, I have found something I like even less, and that is seeing myself. Uh, really kind of tough to do. I keep looking and, and thinking, why did my wife marry that man? Look at what he looks like. It's really kind of depressing to me. It's not always easy to take a good look at yourself. It's not going to be easy for us now. But would you with me for a second say, hey, are there areas of my life where I try to make myself look more spiritual, more holy, where I am acting in such a way as to hide who I really am and putting on a show? This does creep into the church. And I think when people say the church is full of hypocrites, instead of arguing with them, we might just say, hey, you know what? Yeah, we really do have a problem with that. And I, I don't want to get into too many specifics, maybe just to give you one for a second kind of an illustration. I, find, I have found many times I do that when it comes to this topic of prayer. You know, you're in a conversation, and the, the appropriate thing to say is, well, I've been praying for you. And those are great words of encouragement if, in fact, you have been praying for them. But sometimes we just, hey, that's what we do. That's how we speak at church. That's what we do. And we go through those motions. That is why, you know, listen, 
Hypocrisy is, is the, obviously, is, is the enemy of authenticity. And it is so crucial that we not only, like, like Ananias and Sapphira, not only get the actions of the church, but we also get the heart. And that's why it is so important that the churches are preaching the gospel. Because the gospel reminds us that God met us where we are, or God met us where we were, that is, in our sin. And God pulled us out of that, and that we are still His work in process. The gospel reminds us that we are nothing more than a work of His grace, and that is all that we will ever do. If we learn to play the part of the Christian, but without getting the heart of the Christian, we've got some burdens going on here. We don't, we don't want to go that direction at all. Because when we act like we know something, we're not going to know it. Um, about five years ago, my good friend uh, passed away very suddenly, and his wife asked that I be one of the pastors who preach at his funeral, and also her brother-in-law. Now, her brother-in-law has been a pastor for a long time. At that time, I'd been the pastor for just over a year. But we got together so, to talk about what we were going to say so that we didn't say the exact same thing. And uh, Ken looked at me, and he said, hey, why don't you do I'm sorry, we were on the phone. He did not look at me. Uh, but Ken, Ken said to me, hey, why don't you do the scriptural eulogy? And I said, okay, I will do the scriptural eulogy. I have no idea what a scriptural eulogy is. But I didn't want to tell him that. You know, I was a new pastor. I didn't want him to know that I didn't know what a scriptural eulogy is. Surely every pastor in the world knows what a scriptural eulogy is. So I faked it. Uh, I pretended like I knew and just stood up and said what it, whatever I was going to say anyway. But I still have never learned what one of those things is. And that the idea is if we're acting like we know, then we don't learn. If we're acting at church like we have it all together, then we're never going to grow spiritually. You know, the scripture says in the book of Proverbs that iron sharpens iron, and that's the type of community that we want our churches to have, where, yeah, there might be some friction, and there might be some sparks that fly, but there's authentic communication where we can actually grow. There's a verse in the book of Hebrews that I wanted you to see. It says, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And how important it is that we develop a uh, community of believers where we can be real. Now, one other thing I want to say before I leave that, you know, you might look at this story and you say, okay, but Ananias and Sapphira died because of this. We don't all die, obviously, or you would not be watching me right now when we try to put on a show about our spirituality. You know, we, we don't all uh, <laughs> drop dead. I think there's a parallel passage in the Old Testament where the children of Israel are beginning their conquest of the promised land. And they... Um, have just, I'm sorry, they're, they're winning the battle of Jericho, and they are instructed by God not to take any booty. That's the scriptural word. Every time I'd use that among teenagers, there'd be snickering in the room. Most of it was my snickering, but there'd be snickering in the room. But you don't take the spoils of war, but one guy by the name of Achan did that. He took the spoils. Uh, he hid them under his tent. He ended up dying. But this was a time when the children of Israel were marching forward in conquest. They were on the doorstep of something great that God was going to do. Same thing here in the book of Acts. They're on, the, they're on the verge, they're on the doorstep, they're moving forward into this great church movement. And God says, we don't need this hypocrisy here. Let's, uh, let's, let's show you the dangers of that. And, uh, and God, in this case, I believe, makes an example out of Ananias and Sapphira. Okay, let's go on with the story here a little bit. Once uh, that is over, 
We've got more miracles being done. We've got more preaching being done. And we've got more authorities getting mad. In fact, they're getting even madder now to the apostles. This time they're arrested and this time they're thrown in prison. Uh, it says that they were jealous in verse number 17. In verse number 18, now they're arrested and thrown in prison. But in verse number 19, God says, we're not going to keep them there in that prison. Uh, I'm going to let them out. And then I am also going to tell them, just go and keep preaching. Keep pre preaching the word. So that's exactly what happens. The religious authorities are, what do we do? You know, I, I, come on, we, we put them in prison. Here they are preaching again. How did that happen? Uh, maybe we need to do something more. Maybe this time uh, what we ought to do is uh, arrest them and, uh, and, you know, torture them. Or maybe this time what we ought to do is kill them. But he says, I need you to go out there and get them back in here. But don't take them by force. Because the crowd's going to get too upset. So don't take them by force. Do something else to get the apostles back in here. Maybe offer them gift cards. Preachers like those. They're tax-free. But get them back in here so that we can talk to them. So they drag the apostles back in. And they tell them, verse number 28, We strictly charge you not to be preaching uh, about this Jesus. And in verse number 29, the Bible, the Bible says that Peter and the apostles answered, and these next seven words uh, become a, a great principle for us to hold on to. We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on the tree. God exalted him and is at the right hand as a leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. Those seven words again, we need to obey God rather than man. Great words for us, but I did want to mention, I think I have heard them be misused this week. I don't know if you saw the story in the news about the pastor. He pastors a church of over a 1,000 people, and he said, I don't care what government officials say. We are not shutting down. We are not going to be persecuted. You know, I think it's sad. I mean, I ride past churches, did last Sunday and this Sunday, and see the parking lots empty. That's kind of a sad thing. Of course, I also get sad when I go into Martin's and the salad bar is closed because I really like the tomatoes with the mozzarella. But... Uh, I think it is a sad situation that we have, but it's not persecution, okay? Nobody is telling us, stop preaching Jesus, stop sharing that message. In fact, obviously, nobody is telling us. In fact, maybe more people are going to hear it today than ever. And uh, when I got to hear from some of our uh, local authorities, their message was, at this time, we need communities of faith, and we need to, you to do everything you can to stay connected with people. So, you know, if this is persecution for the church, then bars and restaurants and movie theaters are also persecuted, so we better bond together with them. But uh, the message most, uh, that is given here is definitely persecution. Shut your mouths. Okay, you can no longer preach Jesus. And they're saying, no, but we have to. So at this point, they are plotting. If you look at verse number 33, they're enraged, it says, and they wanted to kill them. And that's going to bring us to the last section that I'd like to read through with you. Beginning in verse number 34, it says, But there was a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was held in honor by all the people. Let me just stop for a second here. Gamaliel is, if you will, the Pharisee of Pharisees. Now, not in the sense that we think a Pharisee of being a phony, but he was a Pharisee in the sense that he was a great uh, religious teacher. He was well-respected. He, he knew the Scriptures. The Apostle Paul, later on in Acts, we find out that the Apostle Paul learned at his feet when he was a Pharisee. People are going to listen to him. His grandfather was the chief Pharisee. Uh, he's a main Pharisee, so here, so here he is. He stands up. 
Uh, and, he, and he says he gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. Get the apostles out. We need, to, we need to discuss this. And he said to the men of Israel, take care what you are about to do to these men. So then he goes through, and I skipped a couple verses there, but he goes through and he tells the story of a couple guys, Theudas and Judas, that had followings. And each of them died, and their followers scattered, and their movement died out. And basically what he's saying there is, Let's wait and see what happens. So in this present case, I tell you, okay, when we're talking about this, this group that's following Jesus, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it'll fail. But if it is of God, it, you will not be able to throw, overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. Okay, I'm glad they took his advice. That was some pretty doggone good advice, old Gamaliel give here. He said, if God is in it, you ain't going to stop it. And we know that God's plans are never going to be stopped. They're never going to be thwarted. Uh, Lisa Anderson sent, sent us something to church this week, and I was looking at it, and it was uh, the things that society are now saying and then God's response. And the first one on there, society right now is saying, what about my plans? <laughs> you haven't said that, have you? You haven't had to cancel anything, maybe a vacation, a spring break trip. Maybe there's some business plans you're having to change. But we're crying out, what about our plans? And God says, you know what? My plans have always been better than your plans. Relax. Don't worry. I've, I've got this. And when I say that God, it, God has got this thing, when I say that the church will prevail, this is not like, a politician, okay, when, when you hear these guys and they have to drop out of the race and they stand up and they get all their followers and they, they say, hey, we're in this to win it. We're staying into the end. I'm in it because I believe I can win. But at the same time, you know they don't have a prayer. And you know in the next couple of days or two, they're going to drop out of the race. They have to say that. That's not what I'm doing. This isn't, well, the preacher has to stand up and tell us everything will be okay. This is somebody who looks at history who looks at the promises of the Word of God, and who looks at the character of our unstoppable God and says, the church will prevail. Somebody sent me a text this week, and um, it, it, they were saying oh, how sad it is that all the churches have to close their doors. By the way, we're closing our literal doors. The churches aren't closed at all. But uh, they said, that, you know, this is kind of sad. And they, they said, the devil must be doing a jig. And I text back, and I said, let him dance. He was probably dancing that night when they uh, arrested Jesus in the garden. And he picked it up a step or two when they gave him a cross and had him drag it through Jerusalem. And then when they took the nails and put them in his hands, he was breaking out into the Watusi, the Macarena, and anything else he could do. And how about when they took Jesus and laid him in the grave? Man, he must have been partying big time. And then they rolled a stone in front. And that's the apex of his dancing. He was having a good time. How'd that work out for him? This is not going to work out any better for him. Hey, one more verse at the end here. The last verse in the chapter says this. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is, that the Christ is Jesus. Every day, house to house. Have you seen the t-shirts that say, the church has left the building I love it. I'd have put one on, but my chest isn't big enough to, dem uh, to, to model it for you. But the church has left the building. Hey, let us embrace that. 
I want to close in prayer in a second here, but before I do, just wanted to, again, just to say to our church fam- family, uh, don't forget about these podcasts. I'm excited to hear this one that, that Chris has done with, with the Owens. I think that'll be really good. But also, uh, hopefully, you've already heard from an elder. If you haven't, we messed up because we want to do everything we can uh, to stay in contact and make sure that there's, if there's anything we can do for you or your family or your loved ones during this time that you let us know. We can stay connected. We can still most definitely be the church. Would you pray with me? Father, we do believe that in your character. We do believe you're unstoppable. We do believe that you bring beauty out of tough times. You've done it so many times, we know you do it again. Lord, we put our faith in our perfect God and his perfect plan. And Lord, where our faith wavers or when our faith wavers, please, Lord, help our unbelief. I pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.